0: let us pray. Holy God, source of all goodness, you gave your son for the life of the world and sent your spirit that your love might abide within us. Teach us how to love each other this day, that we may have life and have it abundantly with you in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Please take your hymnals, turning to hymn number 369, joined together standing together as we sing Blessed Assurance. Hymn number 369. Please stand.
0: lives, and calls us to join in his ministry. He was crucified, died, and was raised by God, and reigns over all creation, and he bids us to die and rise with him in the service of the healing of the world. We live by the Spirit, together with the communion of saints, as members of the body of Christ, God's holy, universal church, we are confident in the forgiveness of sin, the power of the resurrection, and the reality of eternal life. In all things, it is our desire to follow Christ, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, for God's glory, amen.
2: This time I'd like to invite our children forward for our children's moment.
3: Good morning. There was a small good morning back. Um, I'm going to speak to the adults first. Uh, I'm scared to death. This is not my cup of tea. But I love these kids. And they are a really special part of my life. And I would like to invite all of y'all to take a turn spending some time with them, maybe on a Sunday morning like this. Um, be watching the newsletter for a link to sign up to be Children's Moment during the services over the next quarter, and um, know that you two would live through it if you would be willing to spend some time with the kids in this way. Thanks. Now for you guys, today's story comes from the book of John, and some of the kids, the older ones, will know it does come from God. That's right. It is a story that comes from God. Um, will know that that's from the New Testament. The book of John is in the New Testament. We've been talking about that a lot. Um, But this is a story about a man who got to spend some time with Jesus and ask him some questions. If you got to sit down with Jesus, what would you ask him? Want to know some more about his time, more about God? You would ask him for more information about God? Any other questions you would have for Jesus? What would you ask Jesus? Yes. Find out how we can love God. So here's this story from the book of John, chapter three. And it's called a secret meeting. Tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Nicodemus, the Pharisee, crept out at night to meet Jesus. Pharisees such as Nicodemus carefully studied God's laws and tried to keep all the rules. Do y'all have rules at school? Yeah. Okay. Nicodemus had some, the Jewish faith that he was trying to keep too. Jesus frustrated the Pharisees because he taught that God's love comes first, not the laws. Nicodemus liked Jesus. Jesus, over here. Nicodemus called Jesus over into the shadows I know you're from God. You teach and heal people. Yes, Jesus replied, but to really know God, you have to be born again from above. What? Nicholas whispered. you can only be born once. You can't have two birthdays. Jesus answered firmly, you're born once as a baby, but you can be born again as a child of God. Nicodemus urged, he didn't want the other Pharisees to know he was talking with Jesus. You teach about God, you should understand, Jesus went on. Anyone who believes in me will be born again and will have new life. Nicodemus thought hard about that, stroking his beard. Born again? New life? I don't understand. I'll say it clearly, Jesus said. God loves the world, so God sent his Son. Whoever believes in the Son will not die, but will have eternal life with God. I'm not here to punish the world. I'm here to save it. So did Nicodemus get his question answered? He got an answer to it, but I'm with Will. I don't think he understood it very well. Do you understand all the stories you hear from the Bible? Uh Uh-oh, you okay? We'll put your shoe on in just a second. It'll be all right. Yeah, sometimes we don't understand everything that we hear or see in the Bible. We're left with more questions. Would y'all bow your heads with me just a minute? Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you for your stories in the Bible. Thank you for teachers that help us to answer our hard questions. Jesus, give us ears to hear. Amen. Alright, next
2: year is, I mean, three years can, you- God, can go to um, extended session with John and Brooke Grant, and the rest of you can go back to your seats. <laughs> Gosh, month and a half, um, we have been going through this dive-in series. Um, we've been looking at individuals in Scripture who kind of lived in hard, turbulent times, um, who carried a lot, and they just found a way to take that next faithful step. Um, and the hope, the hope as we move through this series was that as we heard these stories of individuals, um, that we would be comforted in the midst of what it is a lot, um, and just given the strength and the courage to just take that next faithful step. We followed the story of the people of Israel doing this, beginning with Moses and Aaron and that great Exodus Exodus event, moving through the time of the judges, looking at the prophets. And then last week, we moved into the New Testament and the story of Jesus with John the Baptist. So this Sunday... And next Sunday, as this dive-in series comes to a close, we're going to shift just a little bit. Um, we're still going to look at stories of individuals in Scripture, but we're going to look at their stories and kind of ask the question, what does it mean to dive into the story of Jesus Christ? How does it look? Happen? How do I do it? And we're kind of going to come to it from two very different places. Um, This week, the story of Nicodemus, and next week, the disciples and that call to discipleship we still have. But today we begin by eavesdropping on a visit between Nicodemus and Jesus, one that takes place under the cover of night. And it includes uh, one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible. So as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our heart, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be be shown. Amen. So looking at John 3, verses 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, So that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this character... Nicodemus. Um, to me, it's, he's a pretty intriguing figure in Scripture. Um, he's found in John's Gospel, the only Gospel to have such a character, and he comes and he goes from chapter 3 all the way to chapter 19. He just kind of appears, and then he disappears just as quickly. And he's the main character in a story with one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. We are taught it as children. It's on bumper stickers, billboards, postcards. It's kind of our go-to verse to explain what God did for us through Jesus and why. That God loved us so much and wanted us so much to again be in right relationship with God that God sent God's only son to live and walk among us. Not only that... God promised in these words that through Jesus, our relationship will be restored. But here's what I find interesting in this story and the character of Nicodemus. Even though we look to John 3.16 as this verse that calls for this born-again moment, that conversion story, that salvation moment, the story of Nicodemus, doesn't really give us that moment. Nicodemus doesn't give us a testimony. Nicodemus says diving into the story of Jesus for some may look and feel a little bit different. Kathleen Norris, in her book Amazing Grace, The Vocabulary of Faith, well, she tells the story of her grandmother Norris who says plays a huge part in her first notion of what a religious conversion is. For her grandmother, it was this once-in-a-lifetime experience of salvation. Like many Christians, her grandmother believed that as a Christian, that you're someone who can name the date and the time when he or she was saved. And her grandmother often told Kathleen this story of the revival meeting, at which Jesus called her. And she, in turn, responded by coming forward to the altar and accepting a new life in Jesus Christ. Kathleen says, as a child, this made sense to her. This is the part I love about her story. She says, as a kid, she kind of pictured Jesus as this kind of prince charming that would magically come into her life one day and change everything. She said, she just sees Snow White, so this made sense to her. But, she says, um, it proved not to be a particularly helpful way to think of Jesus, I can imagine. She adds that it kind of took her some time as an adult to sort it all out. I thought of this story um, of Kathleen in her book when I thought of Nicodemus. I mean, it's easy. It's easy for us to remember John 3.16, to kind of throw that verse out there, to remember those words born again and forget the story in which they are found. I mean, Nicodemus doesn't have a salvation moment. He doesn't quite get it. His last words as he walks away from Jesus are even, how can these things be? He's trying to sort it all out. But, that's not the last time we hear from Nicodemus. Nicodemus gives us this picture of diving into faith as a journey with its step forward and its steps backwards. Now, I do truly and fully believe in the power and validity of conversion experiences, moments you can name where you left everything behind, and in that moment you chose to follow Jesus. Well, we'll look at that next week with the disciples and our call to discipleship. One of my favorite conversion moment stories is by the famous hymn writer Fanny Crosby. Um, she wrote Blessed Assurance that we sang earlier. But I love her line about her conversion experience. She says, I sprang to my feet shouting hallelujah. And then for the first time, I realized that I had been trying to hold the world in one hand and the Lord in the other. I think that's a pretty heavy realization. I just love that image of kind of diving in as you realizing you're holding the world in one hand and the Lord in the other. But Nicodemus tells us that conversion experiences are not the only road to faith, that there are times along the journey when we say, how can these things be? And we just try and sort it all out. Now, before we are all too hard on Nicodemus um, and look at him and thinking, how could you be face to face with the Son of God and walk away perplexed? Remember, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Israel. And Jesus wasn't exactly friends with this group. Jesus publicly criticized them, called them out. The Pharisees see Jesus as one who publicly disobeyed them and his own religion by not following the rules. So Nicodemus, I think, felt caught in the middle between what he had always known and Jesus. This man, as he says, comes from God no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. But as I said, John chapter 3 is not the only place we find Nicodemus. Things are not left at how can these things be. Skip over a few chapters in the Gospel of John to chapter 7, and Nicodemus reappears. But he's easily missed. So chapter 7 is about Jesus at the Festival of Booths, a seven-day holiday, a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem where people would gather around and they would build these booths or these tents, these dwelling places that reminded them of the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. It took place in September, early October. It was agricultural in its origin, and it became one of the most important feasts in Judaism. So there would have been a lot of people in Jerusalem. and by this time Jesus is pretty well known. He'd caused enough trouble, he'd stirred enough pots that people were looking for him. He was trying to lay low, but it didn't last long. You get to verse 14 and it says, "About the middle of the festival, Jesus goes up into the temple and begins to teach and the Jews are astonished saying, How does this man have such learning when he's never been taught? So news starts to spread throughout the festival of his teaching, and there's all these whispers. Is this the Messiah? No, he can't be. We know where he's from. But maybe? No. So the Pharisees over here, all these whispers going on, they go to the temple police, and they ask them to arrest Jesus. Uh, The temple police don't. um, And they say, so the Pharisees go back to the temple police and say, why have you not arrested him? And the the temple police say, no one, no one has ever spoken like this. Surely you have not been deceived too, the Pharisees say. Have any of the authorities, any of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, they don't know anything. They are accursed. This is where you have the voice of Nicodemus. He steps in he says, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? Nicodemus, who first comes to Jesus by night, he kind of steps up to Jesus' defense, sort of. Basically, he's saying, let's find out more about this Jesus. His story doesn't end with how can these things be. The journey with Jesus continues. Maybe he's still not at that place where he can say, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. Don't you see it? How can you not see it? But he finds this little way to kind of step up and step out, while at the same time clearly trying to discern in his own heart, who is this man Jesus? Is he the Messiah? No. He can't be. I know where he's from but maybe? And then finally, getting to the end of the Gospel of John chapter 19, we find Nicodemus again. Once again, you can easily miss him. He accompanies Joseph of Arimathea, who we are told is a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear. Nicodemus accompanies this secret believer to prepare and bury the body of Jesus. Now this Pharisee this member of the Sanhedrin who at first came to Jesus by night is the one God uses to prepare and bury Jesus' body. To pick the tomb, to place him in the tomb. Now we never get this dramatic conversion experience story like that of Paul or Fanny Crosby, but what do we see Is this individual of faith living within the rules and codes of his life, of his day, and just trying to figure out, where does Jesus fit in? What does it all mean? What does Jesus mean for me? You could easily, easily forget the story of Jesus and Nicodemus and these other two places in Scripture, and you could just walk away um, memorizing John 3.16, holding those words, born again. But what Jesus does in this story, what the author of the Gospel of John does with this story is to show that with Nicodemus, Jesus is extending an invitation into a relationship That is this journey of transformation. What does Nicodemus tell us about what it means to be a person of faith, to dive into the story of Jesus? Well, as one of our core values at Parkway Hill says, faith is a lifelong journey from cradle to grave. And what Nicodemus offers us for how we can be church in this season well, Nicodemus helps us see that Jesus is extending an invitation into a lifelong relationship. And Nicodemus helps us remember the importance of church to provide a safe place for anyone coming as Nicodemus comes to ask questions, to listen, to speak, to simply be What does it mean to be church in this season? I think it's a reminder. Um, We have to remember what it is we believe that we have received in Jesus and to openly share those gifts by being the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ here in this place, in our community, in our world. I've invited a Lisa and Mark, they're going to sing a song that just may help us all spend some time in reflection thinking about that. Um, What is it we believe we have received in Jesus? So I'm going to invite them forward to do that now.
4: Every hour I need
1: you My My one defense, defense, my my righteousness righteousness. O God, how I I need you Where sin runs deep, your grace is more where grace is found is where you are and where you are lord i am free holiness is christ in me lord i need you on defense my righteousness oh God how I need you so teach my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way and when I cannot stand I'll fall on you Jesus you're my, my hope. I won defense, my righteousness.
2: That. So we will go, into, go to God in prayer, um, remembering those who desperately need um, some healing, some comfort, and some hope. There will be space in the prayer for you to lift names of those you hold heavy on your heart and mind this day. But let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray.
0: Merciful God, we do
2: give thanks that we can come to you like Nicodemus and just open up our faults, our questions, stand in your presence. God, we admit that we need you. We need you because we know we cannot do it on our own. We ask for forgiveness for the times that we try and fail. We confess the folly of our own sin, the hypocrisy of our own complaints. You know, we grumble about the evils in our world, even as we ourselves commit injustices and profit through deceit. We fret about the scarcity of resources while hoarding earth's goods and cheating the poor. We protest the problems of our world, but we do not actively work to address them. merciful God as we come to you may you help us to see our sin before the light of your grace heal our sin free us from our foolish ways that we may truly know the joy of eternal life in Christ Jesus that we may indeed open ourselves to you you are a God of mercy and we trust and believe that as we come and stand before you each week we can release all that we hold Be forgiven, be made new. Go forth as a renewed people to begin again and again. Holy God, we know that in Christ Jesus you created us for good works. Help all those who profess faith in Christ to do good in the world. Following the way of life you have prepared for those who believe in him. Your children walk by your light, doing what is true, yet we do know salvation is not earned by good works, but through trust in your grace. Dispel from your children arrogance of heart that the world may be drawn to your truth by our humble witness. God, in every age you call forth men and women of integrity to lead your people in the way of righteousness. We pray for pastors and teachers and all of your disciples to fulfill their calling. Give them courage to speak the truth in love. And shield them from temptation to misuse their authority. God of love, your reign encompasses all the earth. Though the nations may rebel against your justice. Save the nations from the wrath of their disobedience and help them to dwell in peace and promote the common good. This day we pray for governments and leaders. God of healing, you hear the cry of the sick and the afflicted. Save them from their distress. Heal them of their disease. And deliver them from the destructive power of suffering. We pray for all who sorrow in distress. And now, in this space, we lift to you, either silently or aloud, those that we hold heavy on our hearts and minds this day. Melody Musgrove, Angie Williams, and Wisenhorn. Merciful God, hear our prayer. O God, in Jesus Christ, you have shown your love for the world. Receive our prayers, grant us what we need, save us from perishing, and bring us to everlasting life. We lift all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." thy kingdom come thy will be to on earth as it is in heaven leave us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom closing congregational song you will find in your bulletin, We Walk by Faith. We're going to sing it to the tune of Amazing Grace, but I invite you to stand as we sing together, We Walk by Faith. to simply be. But now, let us go forth as if people open and ready to receive the invitation offered to us in Jesus Christ, so that we may offer the world the love and mercy that we have found. Let us go forth to love and serve our Lord. Amen. Amen. we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to any member of our staff with prayer requests, needs, or questions, or just to find out how to join our church family. Now, may the love of God surround you. May the love of God uplift you